Season 1, Episode 83, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts, Chapter 8, Verses 1 through 40. So, just as a program note, I'm, I'm switching things up a little bit. I am using a PowerPoint that I created and used to teach this in my Bible classes at Florida Christian School. Uh, you've probably noticed that I have been getting lost with my screen and I've been complaining about it because it I can the whole screen moves I can move it with my finger and uh, I kind of lose track of where I am so with this a PowerPoint I just push a button and I use this for for many many years for like 20 years when it first came out uh, right after, well, not right after Hurricane Andrew, right after, but probably by by the late 90s for sure it was out, and, and I got it for a ministry I called Bible Story Evangelism. But uh, now that has revived, more or less, although I've been teaching in summer camp, 4 and 5, 6 and 7, 8 and 9, 10 and 11, 12 and 13-year-olds in summer camp for uh, close to 20 years just in the summer. I called it retired in the summer. Now I'm retired 24-7, but I am excited about calling this my new job. Uh, I'm going to get it done every single day, and just like I did teaching. I, The last 29 years of my 31-year career, I, I, I never called in sick, so I probably said that yesterday, but I'm excited about this being a job that I'm going to get done every day, uh, Lord willing. Um, but uh, here we go. So I've got Schofield's notes already included in here. It's just a lot easier to, to do this. So we're on Acts chapter 8. And we're going to look at the fourth persecution. This is Schofield's outline note. Uh, Saul, the chief persecutor, which is kind of ironic because he would be uh, beheaded at the end of his life. But initially he started out on, on, the, on the other team. And in the next chapter, we'll talk about his conversion to Christianity. But uh, the, fourth, the first persecution, uh, Peter was, I think, imprisoned overnight and let go and told not to uh, preach in Jesus Christ's name anymore, which he immediately went out to do. And they, uh, they called him back in because he healed this lame man it had been lame from birth and now he was over 40 years old and it was a big deal in fact they they came to peter on that one they didn't send the guards it was such an uproar in the temple that they came to peter and that was the second persecution and they beat him that time peter and john and probably the guy that been healed <laughs> excuse me um so um that the fourth persecution will be uh, Saul's. The third persecution was the death of Stephen, which we looked at yesterday in chapter seven, and the fourth persecution will be that of Saul, the chief persecutor, and driving everybody out of Jerusalem, all the believers. All right, uh, the first missionaries were the ones that left Jerusalem because Saul was imprisoning them. And uh, consented unto the death of Stephen. So they're killing outspoken believers now in Jerusalem. So it was time. So 
the point I, I made or want to make is that that they had uh, inside trading knowledge uh, through the prophecy of Peter. You know, now's the time to sell, sell your homes because uh, you're going to be moving out of Jerusalem pretty quickly here. And because uh, I don't see any pastor saying sell your homes and give all the money to the church so we can have a, a fund for that kind of thing. Um, my church has a rule of 10% of everything that comes in goes out to missions, but but uh, and I kind of follow that same rule myself. I I, I I tithe on on the net what you know the, as the as the fruit comes in that then I then I tithe on it. But uh, it's it's amounted to a surprising amount of money uh, for a Christian school teacher. I thought anyway, uh, the first missionaries seems to work. And, and I also try to save that equal amount, so that's a good thing too. The first missionary, so I live on 80%. I give 10%, I save 80%. Anyway, first missionaries were running for their lives, as it says here in, in Acts chapter 8. The ministry of Philip, first he goes down to um, Samaria, which again, in my mind, I live down south, so uh, down is kind of north, up is north, and but he went north to Samaria downhill. If we walked everywhere we went, we would be talking about uphill and downhill a lot more than we do. But back in the, these times, they walked. They walked down to Jerusalem, so that means everybody would know. Oh, let's walk down to Samaria. Which you always walked down from Jerusalem. You always walked up to Jerusalem, north, south, east, west. Anyway, the ministry of Peter. Then he walks south. Uh, west to the to uh, the Gaza Strip, um, which back in those days was called Gaza. If I'm not mistaken, I know it's got the name here, but um, it was where the Philippian, uh, the the uh, Philistines lived. The kind of the unbelievers lived along the coast there. Uh, the Jewish people were were secure on the on the ridge, and then there was an area between them. That was Samaria. Uh, that's where they had a lot of problems, and those that controlled that area pretty much controlled the the uh, Judea, the area between the coast and the area the Gentiles on the coast and the Jews along the ridge. Anyway, um, so what else here? Um, we've got the case of Simon the sorcerer, which is kind of humorous I think um, but it makes a good point in my mind that believers are supposed to grow and when you start out as a baby Christian you know desire the sincere milk of the word um, hopefully desiring the sincere milk of the world we could call you a, a disciple if you're if you're a learner if you desire the sincere milk of the word but anyway um, in the case of Simon the Peter we're going to look at uh, Simon the sorcerer sorry not Simon Peter, just the opposite. In fact, Peter uh, threatens him. And if Peter threatened me after Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead, I would. I think I would definitely pay. I think everybody heard about that. And uh, these are Christians in Samaria that are leading people to the Lord. And Simon wants a piece of the action. Well, Philip is there. And then Philip heads down to uh, Gaza and the uh, runs into the Ethiopian eunuch there. And uh, I, these are my class notes, so I'm just going to use, I just would always 
have a Bible verse on my class notes, and this happens to be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but everlasting life. For God, what a great religion. This is, I think this, this says it all to me, except, except the very important part that you can't work your way there. But it kind of says that by omission. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever works the hardest, gives the most, takes care of the most poor, many poor people, sells everything he has, visits people in jail, feeds the naked, clothes, clothes the naked, feeds the starving, uh, did it on the least of these, my, no, believeth on him, believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. And you should not perish and you will not perish if you trust Jesus Christ, but have everlasting life. There are... Um, believers, pseudo-believers, fake believers that that say that, you know, you can't know you have eternal life. Well, here it says right here, you can but have eternal life. And what about the believer named David who wrote the 23rd Psalm, surely goodness and mercy, the end of the 23rd Psalm, verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How can David, a murderer, say that? Um... I think he was a murderer, being an army officer. If I sent someone, if I was wanted somebody's wife and sent them where valiant men were dying, I would call that murder. But anyway, um, so you can be upset with David if you want. I, I, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, and he was an amazing king of Israel, and uh, God used him in a mighty way. You can have your own opinions on that. But if you have those kind of opinions, you probably won't listen to this podcast very long. Anyway, all right, here we go. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 40. And Saul was consenting unto his death. That would be the death of Stephen. That just said in the end of chapter 7, forgive them. Um, lay not this sin to their charge. Looking up, seeing Christ standing on the right hand of the Father, fell asleep. And Saul was consenting unto his death. This incredible Jewish man who very eloquently presented the faith of the Jews from Father Abraham, who is the father of the Arab and the Jew, and the Arab being, uh, Persians are not Arabs, but if you lived in the, the Arabian Peninsula, if you will, and thereabouts, you were, that's uh, the Jordan Valley to, you know, the Mesopotamia to the Fertile Crescent to the Jordan Valley. You were a child of Abraham and circumcised, by the way. The Arabs of that location are circumcised. But anyway, it was one of the, you know, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And anyway, Saul was consenting unto the death of, of, of Stephen. I didn't mention, by the way, one of my sons' name is Stephen. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church that was at Jerusalem. I've, I've told you that I don't have a real good timeline from Luke. He didn't say, you know, he doesn't talk about time very much. This could be within a year of Christ's crucifixion. It could be a couple years. I really don't know. But again, with the, the for lack of a better word, the socialism of sell everything you have and and have a common purse and, and all of that, uh, they were genius to sell because they were going to get driven out by Saul, the persecutor, and uh, run for their lives. And uh, they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
the twelve apostles remained in Jerusalem, and they were they had a big target on their back. But I, I don't know why Saul didn't go after them. But um, anyway, maybe we'll see as we go through the book of Acts here. The last half of the book of Acts is all about the apostle Paul, whose name was changed to Paul after he trusted Christ on the road to Damascus. Verse two. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. What a great young man. What a brave and courageous young man to call out Caiaphas, the high priest, and say, you with wicked hands crucified the anointed one. And it was the last three verses of his uh, discourse on Israel that I'm sure they were all just looking at him as the face of an angel until he accused them of the death of the anointed one. Anyway, uh, you can read chapter 7 again if you want. The devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. I think there was some, some sadness there. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. I looked the Greek word up. It's only used one time in the whole Bible, havoc. And it, it has to do, uh, a synonym is, is uh, filth. So I'll just leave it at that. He made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. This is right after this, the stoning of Stephen. Things are... You know, the Jewish people are very empowered to, to stamp out the name of Jesus Christ here to the point of killing good Jewish people that believe in Jesus. Verse 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. What a, you know, if this was Satan's attempt to get rid of the church, it was uh, pretty dumb. It's like pouring water on an oil fire. If you've got an oil fire on your stove, grab a fire extinguisher, grab a blanket, grab anything, but don't throw water on it because you're going to spread it everywhere. And so they, you know, if the church is your problem, don't persecute it because you're just going to spread it everywhere. Therefore, they were, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, cowering in the, you know, hiding under their covers. No, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He went north, I would say a little bit northwest, off the ridge line, but uh, went down to the city of Samaria, which you always go down from Jerusalem in any direction, and preached Christ unto them. So the scattered believers went preaching the word. Philip went preaching Christ, which I think is pretty much the same thing. It's hopefully what I'm doing on these podcasts, preaching the word. And the people... With one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. So the disciples were doing miracles. I would argue they were doing more miracles than Christ. There's 12 of them. Not everything that was done was written down or the world couldn't hold the books. Uh, but Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits and crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many people taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. Just like the guy 
outside the temple by Peter and John. And there was great joy in the city of Samaria. But like there was when Christ was there a couple a year or so earlier in John chapter 4. The woman of Samaria. And they all begged Christ to stay, stay with them. As I remember that was the woman of the city of Samaria. Which is the capital of the area called Samaria. Um, verse 9. But there was a certain man called Simon. Not Simon Peter. Which before time in the same city used sorcery. And bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he was himself was some great one. Now, I've said several times that there's only been three times in human history, in the history of the world, when, well, in human history, when there's been great miracles, um, at least by men. And that was um, Moses followed by Joshua. Elijah followed by Elisha. And Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. And the apostles, I mean Jesus and the apostles. And he said, greater works are you going to do than I did. So the fact that they laid out their sick and just, you know, in the hopes that Peter's shadow would pass over them and they were healed every one. Anyway, there was a certain man called Simon, called Simon which before time in the same city of Samaria use sorcery uh, what I want to say is that like back when Moses was doing miracles for Pharaoh uh, the first one was the water to blood the Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing I would call that sorcery unless it was sleight of hand sleight of hand I don't know uh, the snakes that's pretty good sleight of, sleight of hand uh, but what I like about that story Moses turned his rod into a serpent and 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 then the Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing with their rods. But I, I like the fact that, that uh, Moses' serpent, serpent ate uh, the magician's serpent. So if, if it's a battle between God and Satan, God, God wins every time. And the ultimate victory was at the cross. Anyway, um, giving out that he was some great one. To whom they gave heed... From the least to the greatest in the Samaritan city of Samaria, and this man, saying, "This is this man is the great power of God." This, they're not saying this about Philip. They're not saying this about Peter. Peter's not there yet, but but they're saying it about Simon the sorcerer, and this is the environment that Peter is is leading people to Christ in. So much so uh, that Simon comes and says, "Hey, how much does it cost for you to?" Teach me how to do this stuff. And to him, they had regard because for a long time, to Simon, they had regard, verse 11, for a long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. So when when Jesus was doing miracles, I think Satan was loose to, you know, the maniac of Gardena and all this kind of stuff was going on. Uh, Satan is somewhat freed as well. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, like, trust Christ and you'll have eternal life. And the name of, and the name of Jesus Christ. But when they believed Philip con concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, in Samaria. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered 
beholding the miracles and signs which were done by Philip, which I think were much greater than Simon's were. I'll just leave it at that. But they could have been miraculous. Um, the the in Deuteronomy the 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 test of a prophet is not what he does, but does what he say agrees with the word of God? That's the pro, that's the test of a prophet. I think it's Deuteronomy twenty five, but you could look it up with the internet today. Just look for the test of Israel's test for a prophet. One hundred percent accuracy, by the way. Behold the miracles and signs which were done. Beholding the miracles, he wanted Simon believed also, and when he was baptized, I I think with water. He, I don't think he had the Holy Spirit because he wants to buy it. He continued with Philip and wondered, this, there's baptism in the name of Jesus, which sounds like you know, water baptism, which uh, John the Baptist was doing and saying, this is, you know, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is a little different and I think occurs at salvation now. I, I would argue that this is a transition period. And uh, the only ones that are doing miracles that I see recorded here are the, the, dis, the disciples, the apostles, uh, the uh, Stephen and the other uh, deacons, and uh, that's pretty much it. And you know, you're not going to have all these baby Christians running around doing miracles because they don't know anything, as Simon's going to prove right here. I think he's a believer. He believed also in the name of Jesus Christ and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Continued with Philip one and wondered at the, and beholding the miracles and signs which he had done. There, you know, Christians need to grow. And Simon is a baby Christian, and he's a, a baby Christian that's been, uh, you know, on the other team for a long time. And when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, notice it doesn't say received the Holy Spirit, but had believed, received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. I would, uh, James was kind of the man in, in Jerusalem, so I would guess he's the one that, that's kind of, uh, Peter was too, but, but, but Peter was afraid of uh, James, you know, when James came to Antioch, and we, we talked about that in one of the Gospels, I think it was, or I can't remember where it was. But anyway, um, but they, they sent unto them in Samaria Peter and John. To be with Philip, who when he, who when they Peter and John, were come down the hill, the mountain, I would say, forty fifty miles, uh, north, north, by northwest, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So, at this time, receiving the Holy Ghost was separate from just receiving the Word of God and believing in Jesus Christ and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. This is baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that makes me think it's pretty close to the resurrection in my opinion. But anyway, for they as yet, for as yet, the Holy Spirit was fallen on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what you do after you're a believer. And I argue that you receive the Holy Spirit the moment you trust Christ. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so 
I, I, I believe it occurs at salvation now, but back then it was a little step-by-step -step process, in my opinion. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So um, Peter and John, who when they came down, verse 15, and prayed for the people who had re received the Word of God, that they might receive the Holy Ghost, whereas yet the Holy Ghost was not fallen upon them, none of them, only that they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I believe water baptism. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, are they doing miracles? I, I, don't, I just can't believe you would give brand new baby Christians. Simon's a really good example of why you wouldn't do that. But And when Simon saw that, through laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given on... He offered them money. Again, I was pretty stupid when I was a brand new Christian. I never thought I would see these people again. When they asked me to go to camp, I said, I'm a senior in high school. I'm not going to camp over Christmas. I I do have other friends, you know, I mean, but it wasn't long before I was pretty sold out. Anyway, uh, saying, give me this, Simon says, give me this power that whosoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Ghost. After offering them money, saying, giving them, offering them money and saying, give me this power that whomsoever I lay hands on, they may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter rebukes him about as strongly as you possibly can. Remember, Peter and, and Ananias and Sapphira, you just don't mess around with Peter. Peter's got an inside track on, on um, you know, basically who's going to live and who's going to die. And again, you can say that's terrible, but I believe that the worst thing that God can do to a Christian is say, look, I, you know, you're not helping down here. You're not, and, and their, their deaths gave him the power to be a little bit, uh, respected. Let's put it that way. Because you're going to see this, this Simon Peter's response who's been is, has been used to, to being called the great power of God. But Peter said unto him in verse 20, Thy money perish with thee, Simon, because thou hast thought the gift of God may be purchased with money that thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Baby, I think a baby Christian believed, it says he believed, and was baptized in the name of the Son of God. Believe, but he, he doesn't know anything. And baby Christians don't know anything. Repent, reconsider therefore thy wickedness, and pray that God perhaps, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. Now, of course, it's under the blood, but uh, we're talking Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, if you want to stay vertical, you better, you know, I mean, the, everybody's like, when Peter talks, people listen. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. And in the bond of iniquity. We don't need people like you on our team here. We'll just send you on to heaven. You cannot be an ambassador down here. That's what I believe is going on here. That's what's at stake here. Based on what it said back there when it said, And Simon saw the laying on of hands and the Holy Ghost. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Um, before that. 
who when they went down and prayed, they received the Holy Ghost. And, and Simon believed also with all these other people that believed and were, and were baptized in the name of the Son of God. But when, verse 12, but, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. These are, in my opinion, obviously believers. And the, the disciples, the apostles are so excited about it when they hear about it. They, that the Samaritans have received the word of God sent unto them. I, I think received and believed are pretty synonymous here. Unto them Peter and John. And Peter and John run into Simon. But Simon's in here because uh, we're going to learn something. You know, that uh, repent, reconsider, therefore, of this thy wickedness, that you're going to try to make money off this deal, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. I mean, Peter just saw Ananias and Sapphira drop dead for a lot less than this, in my opinion. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered, no, what does Simon say? Oh, go fly a kite. No. That's not how Simon took this. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. Maybe, you know, he did say, you're going to drop dead, whatever. It's, you know, he, bad things are going to happen to you, Simon, if you don't reconsider what you're, what you, who you are and what you think this is all about. It's not all about money. And they, I think being the apostles, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. And they preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. So, if you don't believe Simon was a believer, we'll find out when we get to heaven. Because it looks like we're just going to leave it kind of like Nicodemus was left in John chapter 3. We know later that he helped bury Christ and all of that stuff. but but And stood up for him in the Sanhedrin. But... Anyway, because um, I don't think uh, Simon is mentioned again. But again, it po makes the point that brand new believers need to learn. They need to listen and learn. And, and I, I, I personally believe discipleship is a choice of the disciple. And, um, you know, discipleship is being willing to teach others what you know. And, and if you know the gospel, Simon's got plenty to talk about. He's got uh, believing in the word of God that, you know, in the gospel, if he is a believer, he's got the gospel. And he's got repenting of dead works and he's got faith towards God. And uh, anyway, and, and the angel of the Lord, okay, and Simon prayed, said, verse 24, Then answered Simon and prayed, said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken of come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, so he got to hear it again, clear it up a little bit. This is what you, this is what you do. Not out here trying to make money, you're trying to make believers. Return to Jerusalem and preach the gospel in many villages of Samaria. That's what they were preaching, the gospel. And I would argue that Simon believed he was just a brand new believer that was pretty stupid. And I was pretty stupid too when I was a brand new believer. I didn't know diddly. But they they stayed after me and I came back. 
in Valentine's Day, which is what, February, I forgot, 14th. I trust the Lord, late November, but February 14th, I I went to a, a concert and it, and it started real slow, but it but the songs just really, really spoke to me. And I said, I'm never going to miss anything these guys do again. And from that point, I was considering Bible college to the point where my parents were kind of freaking out. But but I was, I heard if you went to West Point, you got a Corvette. So that's another story. But anyway, we'll move right along. Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about Philip's ministry. And, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, um, well, Peter and John have left, verse 25, and they left and they testified and preached the word of the Lord and returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans along the 50-mile journey back to Jerusalem, where the other ten apostles are. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, and the angel of the Lord could be a, could be the Lord himself, but he doesn't say, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. So I could be just a messenger from God. Arise and go towards the south. So now he tells him a direction, which would be southwest to Gaza. Unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem. Everything goes down from Jerusalem. Unto Gaza on the coast of the Mediterranean. Um, the south, well, it's the southeast corner of the Mediterranean Sea. Just north of of the um, Sinai Peninsula and Egypt, um, around the corner, which is desert. Okay, so also known as the wilderness. So go to the, go to the desert of Gaza. And he and Philip arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So that gives you an idea that the, uh, the pilgrimage feasts have just ended. So this could be a very short time, you know, a month or so. These, these feasts took maybe three months. And um, he's on his way back to Ethiopia. And he was, he's a Jewish man, but that doesn't make you necessarily a believer in Jesus Christ. And um, they, you need that. Well, everybody, you know, being, you're not born a believer. You got to believe. Anyway, um, and was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Or Isaiah says it's translated here, but it's Isaiah. Uh, reading the prophet. And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. So Philip was obeying the, the Holy Spirit that said, Go south to Gaza. And as he was going through the desert, he saw this chariot. And I'm sure it was more than one chariot. And um, this guy, the guy in charge with the fanciest chariot, sitting reading the Old Testament, uh, said... Uh, the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. Verse 30, And Philip ran thither to him, so I hope it was less than a mile, in the desert, 
and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So the man was reading out loud. Maybe he was doing a little Bible study there. But he's Jewish and he's reading the prophet Isaiah, pretty major prophet. And he, and he said to Philip, How can I except some man should guide me? And when I was reading this over before I, before I started teaching it today, I was thinking that's exactly what we do as believers. We, we show, we guide others in the Word of God. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And, and he said to Philip, how, verse 31, How can I understand except some man should guide me? And, Philip desi- and he desired Philip that he would come and sit Come up and sit with him. So I was a pretty fancy chariot. But anyway, and the, I guess it had seats in it. But uh, in verse 32, And the place in the scripture where the Ethiopian eunuch read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before the, his shear, he opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. He had no judgment. The judge said, I find no fault with this man. It, the argument was, we wouldn't have brought him to you unless he was a sinner. And who shall declare his generation? You're not going to have any kids except believers to him gave you power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit but he calls his disciples his friends so it's just amazing it's just absolutely amazing I don't think he calls the angels his friends we're above the angels in heaven but for this life for his life is taken from the earth <laughs> he's just coming from the Passover where Christ was killed as far as I know unless a year's gone by I'm sure he's heard about Jesus Christ and the church being forced to leave Jerusalem. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet? So he read this out loud to Philip and he said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet Isaiah? This, of himself or some other man. So what do you think Philip does? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, so I don't know how much time elapsed in the preaching, of Jesus. They came unto, I think quite a bit, based on what is said here. They came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized in the name of Jesus? Because I think that's water baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's the cleansing that takes place when you trust Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I'll put the mouse in my left hand that represents my sin. My left hand represents me. The mouse represents the the sin. I'm talking about the computer mouse. Um, and with my right hand, which I 
has no sin, reverently represents Jesus Christ. I take my right hand and I pick up the mouse. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's the way it was illustrated to me. And I understood it a year before I believed it. See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And I wasn't baptized for five years until after I was saved. My church really didn't put a, put a big deal on water baptism. But after I'd been a believer for five years and I came back after four years at West Point, uh, I was going to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, it had been five years since I had trusted Christ. It was right after Christmas. I was going back after Christmas vacation, as I recall, to Ranger School and all of that. And um, I wanted to be water baptized. And so I was with a guy, let's call his name Tim, and... Uh, in a, in a guy's uh, swimming pool named, we'll call him Sonny. And, um, you know, I've got my baptism certificate on the wall. I was water baptized, you know. The thief on the cross wasn't water baptized. I don't think you have to be water baptized by, to be saved, but I think it's a symbol of, an outward symbol of an inward condition. And I'm going to baptize the, my first person ever, this girl that I led to the Lord. I met her when she was like six or seven, and my wife led her to the Lord in our Bible study group. And, and she she stayed with us for a long time. And I don't want to tell you all about her life. But anyway, she uh, she contacted me and said, Pete, I want to be baptized. And I said, okay, I want you to memorize these verses. Or I, don't, I didn't say what verses, and she sent them to me. There were four of them that she memorized and and they were great verses and and i might at her baptism I, I might have her say them and i might talk about them and their meaning to anybody that's there and if nobody's there nobody's going to hear except her but uh you know i don't know what i'm going to do but i'm going to invite people to come and we'll see i got to find out when she's coming but um <clears throat> so <clears throat> anyway see here this is the ethiopian eunuch see here what the tender me to be baptized now this is you know, the, the Simon the, the sorcerer was water baptized, but he was he was a messed up dude. And the Ethiopian eunuch was a good, um, not a Samaritan, but a, a good Jew that was pilgrimage feast Jew and and wasn't quite in the clutches of Satan that, that uh, the Ethiop, I mean, the uh, Simon was, Simon the sorcerer. Verse 37, And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And the, here's what the Ethiopian eunuch answered and said. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. For a Jewish man to say that was huge. And is to this day huge. Not many do. I, I've known a couple in my life. Let's call one of them um, Alan, and let's call another one Simon. Bar mitzvah, the whole nine yards, family not happy, pretty much disowning them. But anyway, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's, you know, it's Jesus, it's faith in who Jesus is, faith on Jesus. Many as receive my word, as many as hear my word and believe on him who he hath sent. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So if you have everlasting life, you have it forever. If you don't believe you have everlasting life, then I would say you're not trusting in Christ because 
how can you lose it if it's it's 100% him? Zero works, 100% Christ. I have a friend that says it's zero Christ, 100% works. He knows who he is. But um, maybe he'll listen to this podcast. And he commanded the chariots to stand still, because I guess they were rolling while they were talking here. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and, and the eunuch was baptized. I mean, you do not want to look up the word eunuch. I looked it up. It's not a it's not a good word to look up. But I guess Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, had them. But anyway. Um, all right, verse 39. One more verse to go after this one. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Now, I don't know if that was a miraculous disappearing of Philip or just Philip got in his own and just walked away, that the eunuch saw him no more. So it does sound like he was caught up and and uh, miraculously taken out of the sight of the, the eunuch. But I have no idea. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. After I trusted Christ and I, I said, told the guy I didn't feel it, I prayed his prayer, God, the best way I know how I'm trusting Christ my Savior. I looked up, I said, I didn't feel any, I didn't see any fireworks, nothing, I didn't feel anything. He said, it's not a feeling, some days you feel good, some days you feel bad. You trusted Christ, uh, you're going to heaven when you die. I said, thank you very much, sounds good. And I walked, I don't know, uh, 30 feet, and I was going out the front door, and I was at the corner of the living room, and there was a little hallway, a little foyer. Before I entered the foyer, and this girl was sitting there, and we'll call her name Sue, and she looked up at me and she said, uh, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I was moved. Because she wasn't wailing and gnashing her teeth, but there was a tear going down her face. Just a tear of joy. Rejoicing that I had trusted Christ. I wasn't rejoicing. She was rejoicing. But I left rejoicing. I remember driving my car my little yellow Volkswagen, 1970-whatever Volkswagen, and um, just just slaloming down the road because it was after 11 on a school night and all the sidewalks were rolled up and, and nobody was on the road and I just slalomed my, my car on the way home, just ecstatic that I had found it. And I told my dad, who had talked me out of the gospel a year earlier, you know, that it was works and it was doing this and doing on the least of these and all that stuff. And I said, uh, that was the first sermon I ever did was the judgment of the nations. I'll do it on this sometime. But anyway, um, it, um, I, I was rejoicing. And I did feel some. I felt happy. I felt satisfied. I wasn't sorry for my horrible life and unfortunately I wasn't perfect after I trusted Christ either but uh, God corrected me. That's a promise in Hebrews chapter 12. He will correct you if you don't do what's right. All right, Philip, here we go, uh, verse 40. Philip was found at Azotus and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So when I was studying this, I didn't look up Azotus, but I know Caesarea is where the Romans lived on the coast uh, so they could travel to Rome easy, but they didn't want to live in the, in Jerusalem. 
So all the leaders lived in a in a city called Caesarea, spelled Caesarea. So that's why I didn't look up Azotus. It's just a little set, city between the Gaza Strip and um, Caesarea, which is kind of a little more famous city and one to take note of. But if you want to look up Azotus, be my guest. All right. Um, let's see here. I would always end this uh, my lesson in class with a, with a quiz. Saul was consenting unto his death. Everybody say, Stephen. Uh, he made havoc of the church. Say, Saul, whose name was changed to, to Paul in, in the next chapter, chapter 9 of Acts. But there was great joy in the city of Samaria. Uh, what does hinder me to be baptized, said the Ethiopian eunuch. He was led as a lamb uh, as a lamb to the slaughter. He was as a sheep to the slaughter. A man of great a man of of uh, a man of great authority. Uh, that was Ethiopian eunuch, a man of Ethiopia of great a man of Ethiopia of great authority. Repented therefore of this thy wickedness, Simon the sorcerer. Simon the sorcerer. Uh, number nine. Blank himself believed also. Simon believed also. You know. Uh, is what it says. And uh, sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Okay, well. So if you took my Bible class back in the day, that oh, should sound familiar, but they, they were pretty easy. Grades were pretty good. But, uh, all right, I'm going to say adios, which is to God. And I'm going to say via condios, which is glow with God. And if I wait four seconds, it will be 50 minutes long. Vaya con Dios.